Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tampi. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. Welcome to our 51st episode. <laughs> the time for a new era, which is exactly the same as the old era. Um, so in this episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 7 of 7th Heaven, the title of which is Johnny Get Your Gun, or if you are in France, it is called Dangerous Games, or if you are in Germany, it is called Seed of the Force. Um, I actually so, don't get that title. Well, I, I think it's like the seed, like kind of like the legacy was like called the legacy of like abuse or like oh, the, of the force. The seed, force yeah, using like, force. Like oh, the, I was you know, thinking like the force, like Star Wars. Like no, used no, I think the it was like the, 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 the seed was planted and like all the people. Who, oh, seed of okay, the like the. Vi- like the seed violence plants in people's heads. Oh, yes. Okay, I get it. I think, and obviously, Johnny Get Your Gun is like homage to Annie Get Your Gun, which it would have been funny if Annie was like they have a character. <laughs> they have a character named Annie. I mean, they could have done it. So anyway, our uh, IMDb user synopsis for this episode is: Simon is verbally threatened with gun violence by Johnny Morton, the just dumped ex of his new girlfriend Dina Stewart. School regulations don't allow precipitous action, but Eric's police friends cues him the knave has a record. His family the are knave? his family his family a registered gun. <laughs> Matt is embarrassed with a black eye careless Mary's basketball got him, but his date Shona's suave brother George Sullivan, who dates Mary, may be really dangerous as a product of a dysfunctional family. Jordan is patient with Lucy's weird idea about romantic slapping. The knave? I'm sorry, I had to interrupt that when I heard it the first time. I love that also. His family, a registered gun. Um, so, going... We actually have a fan review for this episode. Um, and the title of which is, In this episode of 7th Heaven, Simon's Girlfriend. Um, and I know that it's Dina, but this person has decided that her name is Dinah. Uh, is old okay in this episode of seventh heaven simon's girlfriend dina dina is old boyfriend comes to their school he threatens to shoot simon because he wants dina to be his girlfriend instead and he keeps simon and dina out of school till this is solved oh should we should i read this spoilers i mean we're gonna you're gonna i mean we're gonna discuss discuss it it. in like the next 45 minutes so i think this episode was really exciting for me i think that maybe instead of eric camden getting shot maybe simon camden should have been shot instead because he was the one in the first place be threatened since and that's because since is spelled wrong simon's a kid it would have been a lot more painful but that's why seventh heaven's a drama tv show right I also think that the whole thing with Johnny shooting Rev Camden was a little weird because he isn't the one who has Dinah for a girlfriend. Simon does. Other than that, other than what I wanted from this episode, I loved it. It was very exciting to watch. I'm glad you enjoyed that person from 2006. (laughs) Um, Also, from our uh, usual, like, information TV source, uh, this is like a secret source. We're not gonna. We're not gonna reveal. Uh, we found a out source. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. It's that secret. Um, this this episode of Seventh Heaven is the highest rated uh, episode in WB history up until later episodes in this season. <laughs> so so when like, it aired, it was like the highest rated television the, program. That's why it got eleven seasons. It just kept exceeding. The WB's expectations. There was actually quite a lot of fan reviews on this episode, and all of them were praising it as, like, being the peak of 7th Heaven issue television. So, 
uh, I guess, good work, Seventh Heaven. Mm. Okay, um, so I think you just gave, like, a little hint, but uh, what was your first impression of this episode? Um, I think out of all of the quote-unquote issue episodes done, actually, no. They did the same thing they did with all the episodes, with all the... Um, well, it hit it hit the Camden's home this time. Yes, that's true. I th- I think that's true. But it focused on the Camden's. I guess that which is like fine. I don't know. Um, I thought I think this is probably the most well done out of all the issue like central episodes. Um, although I will say that some of the arguments the show makes are so generic and kind of like taken like from the headlines um a lot of it is based on like because you're surrounded by violent video games or violent comics or um violent tv shows you will then be violent yourself which is not something i completely agree with same like argument with seeing like sex on television um and and I think it was maybe unwise to include a conversation about gun rights in this episode. Um, it made sense. I mean, I, I think that anytime this comes up, there's going to be like someone who's, um, uh, I mean, especially kind of the way that I don't know the, the family was portrayed, like Jan, Johnny's family. Like, there's always there, there probably is always going to be that person on the other side to like throw that in your face, um, no matter how how, what the evidence, like, points to. Right. Like, we'll, we'll get, uh, I'm, we're trying to be, like, vague now, but, like, um, you're, even, even if it's, like, there's, like, clear evidence to, in, in, like, a specific case that, like, some gun violence could have been prevented by something, you know, even just, like, a parent, like, having their gun away from where, like, a child can access it, there's still a parent who's going to be, like, oh, well, that's my right to have it or whatever. You know, I don't. I didn't articulate that very well, or but I think when we my, talk about it, I think my, it'll make more yeah. sense. Um, and also, isn't this the second week of November sweeps? Yes. Um, oh, right. So, so this was obviously a, a push, and that might be like yeah, it was like the highest rated right show until it broke its own record. Um, if you guys don't know what sweeps is, there's um, designated months um, out of the year. I think it's. November sweeps, May sweeps, February, February? sweeps. Yeah. I think there's also a summer one, but I think who cares, cares about, about that? Because yeah, yeah, no shows are on. Um, where like it's when I don't know why this is decided, but it's when like the most hard hitting or like the biggest storylines will come to conclusions, or um, it's when like ratings are most looked at. I think. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it is. I think it's just like they, it's it's ra- like. It's the time when all the writing, like the arc. across the board, they're like looking at ratings for show. I think it's like it really is important for shows that might be canceled right. to do well during sweeps because, like, it's like when the networks and oh decide they may decide that their yeah, it's probably like this. It has to do with the decision to either like if if they're not sure they want to renew a show, um, if they perform well during sweeps, it might give them like a second chance. And I think it's. Um, I think because of that, you've seen it's kind of like a cyclical thing where because everybody's looking at the ratings, this is also one of the strongest episodes of any uh, 
like of the season will show up and also the way that then the season is formatted it will be that like all the suspense and all the drama leads up to the, that month of television and this works even in like non-serial like non-serial dramas and serial dramas well i don't i don't particularly find seventh heaven to be to follow like the format of like serial television anyway because each a lot of episodes could be watched in um, kind of like on their own and you still get like because every episode has like follows an arc where the issue is introduced and is resolved before the end of the episode so right um, but I'm just saying like it, it's oh, not yeah, only like, for like it's not only for like dramas like uh, like Game of Thrones or something where you need to have like every episode is something different but also like Law and Order where yeah where every episode is like self-contained right um, but like that this is all across all boards. But enough about sweeps. We should probably talk about the episode. <laughs> Television related. Okay. Um, so let's start with the cold open. Yeah. Um, so it starts with Ruthie uh, pretending she has a gun uh, and saying the word baboon over and over <laughs> is again. Is that a word? <laughs> um, yeah. The, the interjection. <laughs> baboon. Uh, and then Annie kind of sees it and she's like uncomfortable and she's... I don't know exactly. Does the conversation entirely happen right? Yeah, Annie yeah. tells her not to pretend to play with guns or whatever because... Well, the, the, she, so Ruthie talks about the game, which includes landmines. Like, All right, uh, so, so by the game, we mean there's a game that someone she goes to school with has. It is called Baboom, and I guess the kid has been bringing it to school, and some of the other kids have been playing it. So um, that... The game includes landmines and... And so um, Ruthie explains the game and Annie's like, but you have to understand that there are real landmines out there that like real children will step on and they will really lose their arms or their legs and that you can't like... You shouldn't play... Right. Um, pretend about this. Yeah. And Ruthie's like, but it's pretend and, you know, uh, has a reaction a regular seven-year-old will be having. Um, and the, so that... Particularly because... She also doesn't even have, like, a toy gun or anything. She's just using, like, her... Literally, it's, like, her imagination. It's, like, her hands and, like, objects in the love den. Yeah. Um, And then... So that is kind of, like... So we already know that this episode's going to deal a lot with violence because that's the first thing. Um, Then we have Lucy, who is on the phone with Jordan... Uh, who she now is referring to as her boyfriend, even though in the last episode it was very clear that... They I don't think it was very clear. Or, like, uh, I don't know. It, it feels like, I guess it's resolved now, and they're officially boyfriend they, they and girlfriend. They DTR'd, yeah. Yeah, they, yes. They, I don't know what that means, but they did it. It's defining the relationship. Defining their relationship. Yeah. It's a thing. I told you this once before. I'm sorry. <laughs> clearly don't listen to anything you say. Right. Well, the feeling is mutual. <laughs> um, so, she's, obs- well, it, again, a callback to the last episode. We know that Ashley and Jordan went to go see Gone with the Wind, and now Lucy's kind of begging Jordan to see Gone with the Wind. And he's like, I've seen it already, and it's so long and boring, and she's like, but it's romantic. But I think we can obviously all see that it's like a thing she, you know, Ashley really, like, gets to her, so she she just wants to go do it because he did it with Ashley, and they're not even dating. So Annie tells her to get off the phone, and event, and um, as just as soon as that happens, Matt comes in holding his eye. Uh, Matt and Lucy, Matt and Lucy, Matt and Mary were playing basketball, and Mary accidentally, like, threw the ball at his head. And he has no reflexes, so it just hit him right in the eye. Um, and Mary's reasoning for this is because Matt was too busy thinking about Shauna, which <laughs> we will be introduced for the first time in this episode. So there's, like, another 
violence thing happening. Then the Rev comes in to uh, the house talking about the Golden Glove tournament he was just at. But Annie is, like, overwhelmed because all the kids are, like, running around acting crazy. So um, she's like, I can't even talk to you or whatever. And the Rev is like, Simon is standing there, and he's like, oh. And Simon asks him, like, how was the Golden Gloves tournament? And as Simon is saying that, the phone rings, and Simon picks it up, and it is Dina, and he tells the Rev, like, oh, it's Dina, you need to leave, this is a private conversation. And then it cuts to Dina, and we see that she is crying, and he is like, are you crying? And she says yes. Well, the way he asks, are you crying, is very rude. He's like, are you crying? (laughs) Um, So we find out that she's crying because... Her old boyfriend, Johnny, broke up with his girlfriend. And now that he's single, he's looking to get back with Dina. Uh, Simon, like, briefly thinks that Dina's going to break up with him. And Dina's like, no, that's not the problem. I don't want to break up with you, but he said that he's going to come after you. I think that's all she says. She says he's going to come after you. So we get the idea that this kid wants to either... He just wants to fight Simon or whatever. And that is our cold open, which sets up all of our storylines, really. So we'll start with... Lucy, stupid idiot. <laughs> yes, storyline. So, um, I don't even... So the, the next scene I think we get is she's at school. Yes. And she's telling Jordan, like, I want to go see Gone with the Wind. And yes. he's like, please, I didn't... It's too long. I do not like it. Um, and they come to a compromise because he's like, all right, instead of going to the movie theater, how about this? I'll rent the video and we'll watch it at your house. And... I don't know, like, I don't know why that couldn't have been the, first of all, Jordan doesn't want, I don't know, whatever, that's what they end up doing. Um, I guess, I mean, no, I was going to say, I guess he doesn't want to pay for it, but he's going to have to pay for the rental. And he's going to have to watch it again anyway, so, uh, all right, so. But this was your Lucy's the worst moment, right, of the episode? Um, the whole, no, the, the beginning, well, like, the beginning when she's, the whole, the, the whole thing with her, like, forcing him to take her or, or watch it with her because... It's clear, so clearly just, like, her issue with Ashley um, and, like, try, like she has to do... Right, one-up. She has to one-up Ashley. Right. Um, and, and the fact that, like, that it's, like, really bothering her, even though Jordan was, like, I don't even like her. <laughs> um, so then the next scene is that they are on the couch in the love den, and Jordan is, like, asleep, um, and I guess we gather that it's the end of the movie, and Lucy kind of, like, shakes him. And she Ooh. goes, I want to slap you. And he's like, look, I told you I didn't like this movie. She's like, no, I mean, like, I, I've never seen Gone with the Wind, but um, I guess it's Scarlett O'Hara. Is that who it is? Yeah. It's j- like, you know, like the scene in Gone with I've the Wind. I've never seen it either. Where the main female character slaps the I main like male like character. Butler. Yeah. Is that a... a- <laughs> Yeah, sure. I think that's what they said. Anyway, character names of the people in Gone with the Wind, not so important. But Yeah, so I think that they're having an argument in the scene, and uh, Rhett is trying to kiss Scarlet, and Scarlet slaps him, and it's supposed to be this whole romantic gesture thing. So because Lucy is, this is my, Lucy is the worst moment, um, she thinks that like it'll be an, a, te- a testament to her relationship with Jordan if Jordan allows her to slap him and Jordan like rightfully is like uh bitch no and like stands up and it goes to like go home he's like I'm not gonna let you slap me like those are like old-fashioned notions of what romance is and that's not what it is now and she's like wait you're leaving without giving me a good night kiss and he's like yeah I don't want to get slapped right 
and he leaves and she like does not understand what's so wrong with what she um is propositioning basically but how do you like what the fuck? What kind of person is like? I mean, that's never mind. I shouldn't question they, that. They should have turned this into a lesson on in consent. Because yes, first exactly. Of all, he, she was like, "You have to. I have to slap you when you're trying to kiss me when I don't want you to." And I was like, "There are two issues here." Right. Like, no. Yeah. That's exactly it. And this kind of like runs its course where they're at school the next day, and Jordan kind of comes up to her. And he's like, I'm sorry about the way that I reacted. Like, uh, I went overboard when you asked me to, like, when you said you want to slap me. And then he was like, you can do it now. And she was like, that's not the point. You need to do it when, like, we need to be having an argument. And then you need to try to kiss me when I don't want you to. And then I have to slap you. And he was like, well, we are having an argument right now. And then he, and then he does it. And then she slaps him. And then, like, a teacher... Um, is nearby and Mary is in the air in the vicinity and she sees this happening so she goes up to the teacher before she can like reach Lucy and Jordan and Mary tells the teacher that oh they're rehearsing a scene from Gone with the Wind which isn't wrong uh, but, but they're like, not rehearsing it for anything they're just yeah trying to do it I don't know this I don't know if I was, like, super sensitive to this for some reason, but that scene, like, was so off-putting. I know. You were very, like, upset by this. Yeah. One, because I thought Jordan was in the right when he said, bitch, no. But then he, like, backtracked on it. And he, like, let her. Yeah. No, he was right to say no. But then he, like, backtracked on his, like, convictions. But at least she didn't just do it. Like, she asked and he said no. And then he let, like, I don't know. But, like, I just think, I think... If you're going to do this role play, which is, I guess, what it is, right? Yeah. Um, it would should have been done not in public, in school, especially when it's, like, a girl slapping a boy who Lucy says, you're three times bigger than me. I won't even hurt you. Like, it's going to look bad it's to gonna anybody look like else. It's going to look like he's trying, yeah, like he's, he's trying, trying something to, yeah. on her, and she's saying no, and again, like, it's, like, your thing about consent. And I just think these are, like, things that Lucy should consider and realize that they're not, like... <laughs> Do you think the writers on Seventh Heaven even realized what they were doing? I just, I... They definitely did not. Okay, and I just want to say, because I don't think we mentioned this, but before Lucy goes and watches The Gone with the Wind, because she has these, like, grand notions about how romantic this movie is, she's talking to Mary about this, and Mary's like, I don't think that movie's romantic, it's really violent. And she's like, no, Lucy, like, refuses to believe it. She's like, well, violence, but it's all about the romance, right? And it's like, no, it takes place in the middle of the Civil War. And then Mary's like... romanticized view Sl- of, slavery. of slavery right and which i was like oh that's actually great like good job seventh heaven for you know i've never I, again i've never seen gone with the wind but like to give it some sort of critique mary there. is the most woke yes <laughs> we actually know that for the future as well that she is the <laughs> most another, woke. yeah um she's very woke s- Plugging, uh... Wokeness? No, plugging Up TV. Oh, yeah, there was an episode on Up TV today that I caught, and she was very woke. Yes. (laughs) Um, and that's it for Lucy's storyline until the end, but we'll we'll get to that. Um... Yeah, um, so then, kind of to get back to Ruthie, who, with the video game issues, um... So I forget how it Annie, picks up. Annie yeah. gets called into the principal's office, into Ruthie's principal's office, because Ruthie breaks her friend's baboom video game. Because we find out that she was just trying to, like, grab it away from him or something. I guess kind of, like, aggressively. Uh, he probably said, like, 
she probably wanted to play with it, and he was like, no, I'm playing with it, and then she just... I'm imagining, this is my fan fiction of <laughs> how this, how this, this happened. The scene that occurred off well, screen. Ruthie just say, Ruthie ju- does just say, something came, something just came over me. Oh. Which kind of mm. like reinforces this idea about how like being exposed to violence makes you more violent some way. Um, in like the form of video games, I'm not saying in the form of abuse or something. Um, so, but you had a point about this is I think our first uh, fashion moment. I don't know if this is generally '90s fashion or just fashion, but Annie's outfit in this scene. Oh, first Annie is in like I guess because it's like a meeting with the principal, but it's also like a elementary school principal. She puts on like a suit, um, and it's this like kind of she's wearing a shirt, a, a collar like a button up collared shirt, and it's got it's like blue it's got like stripes on it but the collar and the um cuffs are white and i just was thinking did she really go out and buy a maternity suit like i could understand her having this in her wardrobe but keep in mind she is pregnant so all of the clothes she's wearing she like i was imagine like i feel like she went to the store to get this on the way to the school because or maybe she has pregnancy wear from her other five pregnancies yeah maybe she like had an event to go to when she was last time she was pregnant and she has this Leftover. I don't know, but th- that was the first thought yeah. I had. I was like, she has a suit that's in a maternity size. Like, I mean, well, I guess Good. it is possible though with the other five pregnancies that she, something came up and she needed to have something like nice to wear, but or it's professional also to wear. Fun for us to think about the fact that she got a phone call from the principal, <laughs> got dressed up, c- yeah. went to the store, quickly bought something, and then was like, well, okay, I'm ready now to be a parent. Yes. Um, Ruthie's storyline picks up again when she's at home and she's still booming all over the place. <laughs> and um, the Rev and Andy decide that they need to have this conversation with her because violence is now prevalent everywhere around them. Uh, they're surrounded on all sides. So, so the Rev kind of gives this, uh, uh, like, basically uh, lecture, um, kind of like, again, like you said, kind of these, like, archaic or might have, like, notions about how video games breed violence um, that I think may have been, like, disproved. I definitely think they've been disproved recently, yes. Um, And just telling her about, like, how kids start out with video games and then they do it so much they're, like, desensitized and then they don't know what's real or what's pretend anymore. And I don't really like this argument. Yeah, I don't like this either. Um, I guess, like, everyone has their own opinions about this, but... There's definitely other factors at play, and you can't simply blame a television show or a video game for the reason, uh, for like the reasoning behind why people do the things they do. There are definitely other factors at play. Yeah. Um, um, and I think like another thing. Well, I mean, it comes up a little bit later, but like, especially with like gun violence, like I think access is also just like a huge thing. Like a kid who plays video games and de- like doesn't have access to a gun is like definitely like. A hundred times less likely than like I don't know a kid who like plays a lot of video games and like knows like where is is like fascinated. Yeah, there are a lot of like other like warning signs. Right, so. exactly. Um, and Ruthie like tries to or like in her innocence, <laughs> yeah, says something along the lines of, um, "Well, you watch the Three Stooges, and that has violence. It's violence against like like he gets conked on the head." Yeah. as she kept saying. And suddenly, like, the Rev and Annie are like, how do we respond to this? She this got is, us. The is... seven-year-old outsmarted us. <laughs> um, but 
I think the thing is that the Rev says, I don't want you talking about this or talking about these games at all. And Ruthie doesn't really get the idea because she's like, okay, I won't say ba-boom for the rest of the night. Does that mean I get the game tomorrow? <laughs> um, and the next thing we really have uh, is that Ruthie, like one of her friends at school, and lets, like, lets her borrow the game and she tries to bring it home, but like Matt catches her. Yeah. And then this also this storyline also quote unquote gets resolved at the end, which we will get to. Also just a point on the lecture too, um, like horrible like okay. Uh at the end after like they send Ruthie like up to her room or whatever, um, I think the Rev says, Oh, well she's only seven, we have like a lot of time to like get through to her or whatever and then Annie's like, Right, she's only seven and she's already like this. <laughs> <laughs> so Foreboding. This actually, this episode had a lot of foreshadowing, um, for the episode itself, and then also for the future. So uh, we'll do Matt and Mary next, and their storylines are kind of uh, entangled, like in last episode. In the last episode, so uh, we'll talk about them together. So, uh, like we said, uh, we get introduced to Shauna. Well, Matt has the black eye, just to go. Yes. So from the cold open, um, and he, we see Shauna. He, I guess we're just going to presume that he met her at college because they're on the campus together. Um, Shauna says that his black eye makes him look macho. <laughs> um, we find out that Shauna is a mystery. She's not really telling Matt think, any information about herself. I think Matt says something about, like, coming over to her house or something, and she's like, or no, he, I don't know, because uh, Matt's kind of telling a story about, like, all of his siblings, and then... He's like, what about you? And she's like, oh, I, you can't handle it. You can't handle my, like, life story. So, um... So it's basically, like, set up that Shauna has some sort of, like, mysterious and probably... Baggage. Yeah, baggage going on that um, she does not want to tell Matt about. We run into Matt, ne- Matt and Mary next when they're at, um, I guess, like, a grocery store of some sort. Um where Shauna is the cashier. I think it's supposed to be like um like a convenience store. Okay. Like a well, uh, like a CVS maybe or a Rite Aid or a Dwayne Reed. No, I was going for like a gas station. Oh. Like a 7-Eleven or like a Quickie Mart? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Why did you say it like that? Because I was trying to remember if that was is a that real like the thing. The one thing you remember from the Simpsons. <laughs> yes. Okay. I think I was trying to think of the real thing that's based off of, and then I couldn't. Quick so check. I, yes, that's exactly what I was oh, trying to really, say. Or like Wawa, if you're in, we'll give or Sheets, depending on what part of Pennsylvania you're in. Um, or equal opportunity convenience store. <laughs> um, and so she's working at a cashier there. Um, this is Mary's first time meeting Shauna, and there's a, and there's a guy behind the like counter with her, um, the checkout, and um, it's George. So Matt and Shauna are having, like, some banter, and the entire time, Mary is just making eyes at George. Yes. um, Who we learn is Shauna's brother. Um, George does, like, a weak version of the I'm an overprotective brother kind of thing. She's like, oh, he's like, oh, I'm glad you're not on a date with Mary because then I would have to take care of Shauna's poor broken heart. And then he was like, oh... He says to Mary, I like a girl that can give a guy a shiner. And she, like, explains that it was just an accident, but, like, he's turned on. Um, And he decides to ask Mary on a double date. 
Um, and no, that's not at all what happens. No, no, they like no. They go, he goes. Maybe we should double date. And he's. She said, I was actually just here to grab some notebook paper. And oh, he's okay, like, yeah. okay, let me show you where it is. And this is when Shauna's like, uh, when Matt says, oh, he seems nice, and Shauna's like, uh, I guess. And she kind of hints at a little bit that there might be something up, but Matt, but doesn't like outright say anything. When Matt and Mary leave, though, we learn very quickly whatever, I guess we learn what George's problem is. I, I, okay, this is the other thing. They just keep alluding to this problem that George has. They never actually say it. So they leave, and then Matt, and Matt has, like, expressed his, this, you know, like, his desire to keep Mary away from George. And um, I guess he, he, like, corners Shauna between... The cat, like the cash register, and like his body, and he's like pushing up on her, and like he kind of like, like in a weird her- way, yeah, he's like got her arm twisted, and they're like he's he's, and both both times he does this, he's got like the the woman by the wrists. Yeah. I don't know, he like can do something to women's wrists that just leaves them powerless, and yeah, um, that's all we. It's get. yeah, it's, it's like some sort of just twisting of skin. It leaves like nasty bruises, as we see later. Um, oh yeah, I forgot that she has them like all up her arm though. It looks I think like she, she like, maybe if like he was like trying to hit her and she, it looks like she was trying to like protect herself where the bruises are. I'm like doing it now, but like if you like duck your head and like have your yeah, def- fist def- up, like if you're like defending, if someone's like trying to hit you in the injuries, face, yeah. and you just want to. Um, yeah. But he does it because he wants Mary's number, um, and Shauna's like, please, like leave her alone, like. Sh- you. And then, yeah, and then she, I guess he, like, twists her arm hard enough that she's, like, just gives him the number so that he will stop hurting her. I just want to mention that this is caught on the store's camera. And then they just wait, like, they look and they wave, like, anyone is watching the surveillance video unless the store gets robbed. Um, so George uh, calls the house um, and, tell, like, ask Mary to go out the following night, but it's a school night, and you're not allowed to go out on a school night, uh, as is the Camden rule. And he's like, well, what about the school afternoon? And Mary's being very cautious, and it's like, well, I know nothing about you. And So they agree to meet at the pool hall after, um, after school, like, right after school, and Mary was like, oh, I can just tell my parents I'm going to a friend's house to study or whatever. So... But George also makes it clear that nobody can know, and by nobody, he means Matt. He's pretty sure that, like, Shauna's already maybe potentially said something to Matt about the yeah. kind of personality George is. And I think they both have that attitude anyway, based on the way that Mary acts, because I think the next scene we have is that in the school hallway after Lu- before Lucy slaps Jordan, Mary is talking to Lucy, and she's like, I need you to cover for me, and when Matt comes to pick us up from school today... Tell him I went to a friend's house to study and also tell mom and dad that that's where I am. And Lucy was like, this sounds like trouble. There's a reason that Matt doesn't want you to go out with this guy. I'm not comfortable doing this. And then Mary is like, remember, you're going to need something for from me someday. And Lucy's a bitch and is like, I don't, I don't need me. anything from you right now. But then and she then saves when, him. Yeah. Saves, I'm sorry. Then she saves Lucy from... When she, gets, when she slaps Jordan. So to tie that back in after she slaps Jordan and Mary tells the teacher they were rehearsing, um, once the teacher leaves... Mary just, like, looks at Lucy, and she's like, you owe me. So later on, when Matt does come to pick up the kids, or Lucy and Mary from school, uh, Lucy tells Matt that Mary is studying with a friend, and he knows something is up, and then he immediately jumps to it being George. 
Um, right. So before all this happens, though, I just want to go back quickly to the conversation from the night before. Um, Matt actually sees that Mary's on the phone with someone and he's like, well, what's going on? And she's like, nothing. I'm just talking to a friend. And he's like, if it's George, I don't think you should be hanging around with him because he seems a little dangerous. And he has issues. And Mary goes, well, maybe I'm looking for a little danger. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention is Shauna and Matt uh, end up meeting. Fight. Yeah, at a meeting at the college, and that's when Matt sees the bruises on Shauna's arm, and Shauna kind of spills all. Says that George has a problem, but George can't get any help until George realizes he has a problem. Because, and we learn that it's because her mother used to like beat George and and her, and that. Um, she works, like, two jobs or something so that she she basically is supporting herself and George, who we learn is, he's Mary's age, so he's, like, still in high school. Um, although, why doesn't he go to the school with them? But, so we learn that that's, like, kind of, like, Shona's baggage, that she's had, like, a rough life, and now she's, she had to kind of work to get herself out of her mother's house because it was uh, abuse, like, she was abusing yeah. her and her brother, and I guess that's kind of the, res- like, like the seed of the force. Um, obviously, like, George has the seed, and he is now, it's the legacy of violence. Right. Uh, this, it, like you said, it, like, uh, it hints back to that, the, the, the legacy episode. Um, so, now that Matt has all this information about George, when he figures out that, uh, when Lucy tells all about Mary being with George, his immediate reaction is to make sure that... Mary's okay. Right. So now we cut to the pool hall um, where they're at the pinball machine, and it looks like it's going well. And I think this is, like, the closest that any Camden has ever been to any, like, significant other. Oh, wait, they've been on top of people before. (laughs) But I'm going to say, because they're playing... um, So Mary's at, like, a pinball machine, and then George is, like, right behind her, like, on top of her... Um, and Mary's kind of like being playful and she's like, oh, I just beat your high, like beat your high score by 20,000 and I still have like an extra life or whatever. Um, and then he, he says something like, oh, you're going to quit like now or whatever. Why don't you see, I don't know. She's like, and I could beat you by so much more. And he's like, well, why don't you? And then she starts playing and he does the thing with the wrists. He like grabs her wrists and. He doesn't. He just like moves them off of the pinball machine buttons. He like just pushes. Them. I think the like the thing is that like he's holding quite tightly and like. Oh, and she like loses her grip on the yeah, machine. Yeah, and then like he's kind of like forcibly moving her around now. But Mary's not the girl to be messed with. Uh, as actually, you shouldn't be messing with any girls. Yeah. Um, or messing with anyone ever. But um, don't do any of this. Yeah. But she and she ends up like twisting it around on him, and, and he like, like falls to the ground, um, like the way she's grabbed him. And she says, "I don't know what kind of dates you've been on before, but like pain or something like physical pain or violence or hurting people is not a thing to do on a date." And he's like, "Well, you're doing it to me now," so she lets go. And as soon as she does, and then he she goes, "You have a problem," <laughs> which. I mean, it's not funny, but they just keep saying, like... I, I, the thing is, I just wish that he would, like, they would address what his problem is. Because the only thing I kept on thinking was, if he... And this is probably, like, you can cut this out if you think this is bad. But, like, if he is someone that's into, like, pain play, like, that's a legitimate thing. And he just needs to find, like, the right environment to practice that kind of, like... Well, like we said before, this could have just been, like, a big episode and lesson and consent right exactly and 
which, like, you know, that is not a problematic thing. But if he, like, is actively looking to hurt people and hurt women in particular, then, yes, that is his problem. But they never, like, say what it is. We just see that he is, like, rough. Aggressive, And yeah. aggressive with his sister and rough and aggressive with Mary. Um, and then Matt comes along and he's like, is everything okay? And Mary has it handled because she is her own savior. Um, and apparently, like, this actually happens in the episode. We always say that, like, suddenly, like, the Camdens give other people revelations. But he's like... Sean always told me that I had a problem, but... But now I finally kind of... see it. And I guess it's supposed to give, like, oh, an outsider finally told him that what he's doing is wrong. And, like, sometimes you can hear things a million times from your family, but because it's your family, you're going to be like, no, I'm right, but maybe it takes... You. But it's just so, such a... This doesn't happen. It, you know, sometimes that's the case, but the frequency with which it happens on the show... People don't just change because someone different is, te- like, giving, you know, it, 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 like, maybe, like, an arrest would, would be the thing that he'd right. be like, oh, now I see that this is a problem. But, like, just, like, oh, the Camden's twisted my arm. And also... Matt volunteers his father as the person that's going to help George. Yes. So, um, and that's kind of just how that's resolved. They're just like, oh, our dad can help you. And, yeah, that's it. And they leave. Um, I think, I guess the last storyline is going to be Simon and the Rev storyline. Yes. So, and this is the main storyline of the episode. So as we mentioned, uh, Dina, or as our reviewer likes to call her, Dinah, um, her old boyfriend, Johnny is back. So we start, uh, right after the cold open, we are at the school, um, where Simon sees that there is a guy kind of like, the way that he's leaning against the lockers and, like, kind of crowding around Dina, it's very, like, possessive and... You, she's got her locker open and he's, like, lean. We can't even see that it's Dina, but, like, I mean, you, you should gather it because mm-hmm. it's, like, Simon and there's this is his girlfriend now. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's, like, got her kind of, like, cornered in her locker. And Simon walks over and he ducks underneath, like, his arm, um, Johnny's arms, and he's, like... I don't know, he's like, can I help you or whatever? This is my girlfriend. And I just want to take a break before we get into the heavy part of this episode and say that Dina is a 90s fashion icon. Yes, she honestly Um, is. So in this particular part of the episode, it gets better later on, but um, I'll just talk about all the outfits right now. So in this particular part of the episode, she's wearing what looked to me uh, to be like a limited to, I don't know if anyone remembers, those limited to like sweat pants sort of like windbreaker pants with like stripes down the side I had like a pair that was like orange and then I oh, then it was like uh like white and blue stripes on the side and then my I also family had, could not afford to shop oh. at limited two and then I also had a pair that was like navy blue and then I think I actually owned the pair that Dina was wearing they were like <laughs> navy blue with like green on the side um she was wearing a like lime green shirt which had the pattern that like all limited two things have on them and that was a tank top and she was wearing that over a long sleeve shirt and we've seen this style before worn on the camdens and then later on in the episode when she is still wearing this it's after school and she's like got her outerwear on she's wearing this fantastic shiny blue jacket it's like a metallic very y2k aesthetic uh like you know right before the the new millennium um shiny blue jacket and this great lime green beret that matches the shirt and then the stripe on the pants and it's all it was it was too much for me i just was like tina is the 90s fashion queen <laughs> like 
<laughs> and she's going to be sticking around for a while, you mentioned, so we get more great fashion as the season continues. Yeah, I never noticed before. I guess I was never looking before, but she's had two back-to-back good, solid episodes. So now we are introduced to Johnny for the first time. Johnny, who you mentioned, if he has a chain on his pants, it means he's automatically bad. Oh, yeah, before we even see his face, we just see the chain hanging uh, from his pants. So Johnny is our who the fuck is that for this episode. Um, it is Jake Richardson, who has started in like a plethora of things, but it, it will be most known for the fact that he was in Honey, We Shrunk the Kids and, more importantly, starred in the straight-to-DVD, or I guess at this point, VHS, <laughs> VHS. Um, movie Richie Rich's Christmas Witch, Wish, uh, in which David... <laughs> Christmas Witch. That would be even better. <laughs> um, in which... Um, with Di- David Gallagher. David Gallagher. <laughs> David. <laughs> Sorry. David Gallagher also starred. Uh, David Gallagher played the Richie Rich character, and Jake Rich- Richardson was his foe in this character in this movie as well. So they're kind of reenacting their rivalry, but now on Seventh Heaven. I'd also like to say uh, that there was a reviewer about this episode who uh, apparently really loved Richie Rich. Richie Christmas Wish. Yes, I can't say that apparently. Richie Rich 2. Um, yes, I guess. Actually, I think there's like a separate Richie Rich 2. Oh, yeah, I think there is too. Um, okay, so Richie Rich's Christmas... It's really hard to say. Rich, if you're at home, try to say it. Richie Rich's Christmas, Christmas Wish. wish. Um, and they had the audacity to say that David Gallagher made a better, um, better Richie Rich than Macaulay Culkin, who... What? No. Wrong. I'm sorry. You're wrong, fan review person. And if anybody wants to disagree with me, they can, but I won't listen. Well, you ha- you've never seen it, so... No, I have seen The Christmas Wish. Oh, okay. And it was well, not that's good. that's different. Um, all right, well... And also, Macaulay Culkin and, like, the Richie Rich movie is, like, one of the movies, one of my all-time favorite movies. I owned it on VHS and would, like, play it almost every weekend for, like, a year because I loved it so much. Okay. It's a good movie. All right. So anyway, moving on to, um, from, this, the, from the Christmas wish. <laughs> to the actual story. Um, they have a conversation where David Gallagher, which is Simon, um, says, she was your girlfriend. She's not your girlfriend now. She's my girlfriend. She doesn't want anything to do with you. And Johnny's like, well, we'll see about that. So later on at the end of the day, we get an exterior shot of the girls' bathroom at the school. And this is when... Dina and Simon are exiting, and I think we get the idea that they've been in there for a while since school ended, and this is when she's got the jacket on and the beret. Um, And they, when they come out, they, like, check to see if the coast is clear before they exit the bathroom, Um, and then as soon as they exit... Who comes around the corner? Who else but Johnny? Johnny calls Simon Mighty Mouse. Yeah, because, well, like, Simon is just like, Dina doesn't want to talk to you. Please leave her alone. Um, he like offers to walk her home, but she's going home with Simon. Um, and then he, I don't know like what exactly leads up to it, but eventually he... Well, I think like Simon is just like, leave her alone. And Johnny's like, oh, don't tell me what to do or whatever. Like something along those lines, like I'm going to do whatever I want. Or like I'm going to take, like, I don't know, take care of you, take you out or whatever. And he like threatens to shoot Simon with his like... Like finger, like in the shape of a gun, pointed on to Simon's head, and, and he mentions, yeah, he mentions a thirty-eight special. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to give you the thirty-eight special, which I'm assuming means that he's going to shoot Simon with the thirty-eight caliber gun, um, and that 
leaves Dina and Simon quite scarred. We have these two random kids that come up to him, come up to them and say, oh, you're in trouble now, basically, is what that is. One of them who is uh, named Michael Anthony Hall, but not the (laughs) Michael (laughs) Michael Anthony Hall. The Michael Anthony Hall is much older (laughs) at this point in time. Uh, Back at the house, someone keeps on calling and hanging up. Um, The Rev thinks that they're, Rev like intuits that something is up and asks Simon. And Simon comes clean about uh, Johnny threatening to shoot him. Yeah. Um, So. The Rev tells uh, Annie. Yeah, and then. They decide. They that call. Well, first they call Sar- They try to call Sergeant Michaels, and he doesn't pick up. So the Rev is like, "I'm going to go over to that kid's house, and I'm going to, I don't know, talk to his father." So Annie's like, "Brilliant idea." Um, but they, in the meantime, they decide that Simon and Dina are going to stay home from school. Dina's parents are also worried, but they both work, so Dina's going to come over to the Camden household. And um, the Rev has also tried to get in touch with the principal, who finally calls back. Um, and says that he needs to follow protocol and, like, there are certain rules that need to, and certain, like, procedures that need to take place and you can't just... Like, suspend or do, like, I don't know what, I don't know what the Camerons were expecting to happen here anyway. Like, the the kid, like, you know, threatened him and... Yeah. What else can you do? You can't kick the kid out of school for that. So, um, the Rev goes over to... Johnny's house. Johnny and, Morton, the Morton household. And, of course, uh, like, the the father is, like, wildly paranoid. He They have, like, a, a huge front door, and through it, he, he doesn't open the door at first. He's got, like, this little window in the door that has bars over it, and he's like, who are you? So he, um, anyway... They, like, that. he, like, the rev basically says, I'm a minister, um, I, like, wanted to talk to you, uh, like, opens the door, he's like, I want to talk to you about your son, and then Johnny comes through, and... He comes through. And, it's his house. And he's, like, she's, he's, the rev mentions Dina's name, and the dad, oh, like, says something very inappropriate. He, he says, says, oh, yeah. that pretty little thing? Yeah, he's, uh, so... Um, that happens. Johnny denies all knowledge of anything going on. Well, he's just like, I didn't even know who Simon is. And I think he's like, oh, everybody does that gesture. I do that to everybody. That's probably why I don't remember who your kid is. Um, and then to try to refresh his memory. Well, I don't know. I think, I forget who suggests, well, it's obviously Johnny's father, but he's like, oh, they're just fighting over Dina. Like it's harmless, whatever. Nothing's going to come of it. And then, um... The the Rev basically says it's not fighting when your son is, like, threatening to... And, and, like, naming the caliber of the gun. And so he asks, like, does your son have any, like, problems or a juvenile record? And this is when the father kind of shuts down. He, like, shuts... He's like, I'm not going to answer that question. He starts to close the door, and the Rev just goes, well, can you just answer one more question for me? Do you have a gun and then the guy kind of just like doesn't say anything and like looks I don't know his like eyes get wide and he's the rev is like oh that's what I was scared of or I thought so a brief interlude from uh, the like heavy portion of the storyline um so uh, this is a scene between Ruthie and Simon which we didn't mention in Ruthie's storyline uh but I just wanted to mention it here where there's violent violence surrounding every other scene in this episode um Ruthie asks Simon to help her get the baboon video game, and he's kind of preoccupied. He's like, I'm not going to help you do that. And she kind of, like, storms off and, like, closes the door in his face. And he, like, walks to the door 
And instead of, like, opening it and letting out his anger or, like, presumably, like, letting out whatever violence, he turns around and counts to ten. Coping mechanisms. Um, You know, what to do when you're confronted with violence, count to ten, apparently. Um, Yeah, okay, back to the main plot line now. Um, The sergeant, Sergeant Michaels comes over. And And just divulges all of this information. I mean, it's probably public record. Actually, for juveniles, it's probably not public record. No, it's all sealed. Juvenile records are all sealed. So he says that Johnny has a pretty extensive juvenile record. And um, the next real, like, scene in this is um, Johnny's father... Uh, the principal, Sergeant Michaels, and the Rev, all in the principal's office, having a discussion about how, like, Johnny's history of violence. So we learn that he's thrown a brick at a police officer. <laughs> he, like, a stink bomb at the school. Yeah, at the element. He broke into the elementary school and set off a stink bomb. He, like, broke glass windows at a house that was... A vacant house, like yeah. Like, constructed or something, like a construction site. Um, he abused the dog. Yeah, the family dog was taken away from the family because so many neighbors reported animal abuse. The principal opened up his locker, didn't find a gun, but did find an quote-unquote altar to violence. It included CDs and comics that glorified sex and violence. And, um... But not together. Not together. Um, or together, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know We don't know. Found. We didn't see the altar to violence. But... Basically, it's like he has tendencies and he needs to get help, uh, and it doesn't help that you have a gun in the household and what we think that you should put your gun somewhere else for yeah, the time being. because, um, and the guys, and that this is when Johnny's father introduces, like, well, it's my right to, to bear arms yes. and I don't need to listen to any of you. Well, he says, you know, the argument that everybody said, like the... the guns don't kill people. People kill people. And the Rev says, people holding guns kill people. Um, this is obviously a very... Foreshadowing? Yeah, well, yeah, but it's also a heated conversation that's still happening today, so... Seventh heaven, tackling all these issues before they were ever... Well, I mean, they were issues, but... Um, before people talk... In the 90s, when no one wanted to talk about anything. Um, and this basically ends with Mr. Morton saying, well, I'm not dealing with this. The public school system has let down my son, and I'm going to take him to a private school where they won't treat him like a common criminal, um, and he will get the education and respect he deserves. Yes. Um, so... Uh, I think the next thing that really happens is that the Rev goes to church. Yeah, and then he's in his office. Yes. And Annie is at home, and I don't know, she hasn't heard from him or whatever, and she's like, I'm going to page him, and we see he's walking into his office, and he gets the page, and he's looking at the the pager, and he goes... It's about to make the phone call. Yeah, he's picking up the phone, and he's about to dial, and then... We hear a gun click. Yes, and Johnny comes out from behind like a... I, like some piece a of furniture, fi- a filing cabinet. Yeah, um, and then I, the rev is just like now, son. Like he like starts to try to like coax him or like calm him down. Johnny doesn't say anything and just shoots. And the rev gets shot in the shoulder, and that's how he died. End of episode. End of series. End of discussion. End of <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, no, Fifty-one episodes. <laughs> we had a good run. Um, that's not what. Like, yeah, he's not. We don't know if he's dead. But um, <laughs> Johnny runs out with the gun, um, and he grabs. We have some acting. 
by the oh the rev grabs his shoulder Stephen and he's, Collins he's just kind of like in shock I guess that's like a thing yeah. you have to get shot you know kind of the shock of of the the, the injury or whatever and um, the next part of this is that in in between scenes when Matt is trying to so he drops like Lucy and Ruthie home from school and then he wants to go back out to retrieve Mary um, and he's like I know she's lying I have to go get her and Annie's like well uh, then the phone rings and some Lucy picks it up and she tells Matt that it's for him he picks it up and he's just like oh kind of like you can't tell who he's talking to or whatever um, and he's, he's oh he's like oh they've got jo- like they arrested Johnny or something or his, Johnny's there now so he, when he hangs up the phone we already know that the ref has been shot um, but nobody else does. Except for Matt yes. at this point. And Matt is like, oh, I, I really have to go. Like, why? Annie's like, I'll punish Mary when she gets home. And Matt is like, no, why would we, like, why let her have a, have a good time now when I can bring her home right now and, you know, the punishment can start right now. So she's like, you're still acting weird, but because you won't tell me why, I'm going to let you go because I feel like something is up that, is like could be dangerous or whatever. I gotta say about this scene, I don't understand why Matt just doesn't tell Annie that this guy's like, ab- like has a violence problem. Right, that too. Um, like if if he's like, like if he doesn't want one to have to lie to his mother more because his mother clearly knows something else is up. Then, then, like, he needs to get out of the house. An easy out would just be like, I think he might hurt her. I need to go and get her. Right. Um, instead of. And I also, like, I get why the Rev doesn't want Annie to know because she's pregnant and stress yeah, and like she was labor. I think, well, we missed, with with the Simon and Dina storyline, when they're staying home from school, like, we see that they're all kind of jumpy. Even Happy is jumpy. Yeah, so I guess that, like, she's done enough today. She's, like, had to stay home with, like, the kids who were, like, scared or whatever, and, and they're all kind of jumpy, so... Um, Matt ends up leaving, as we know, but before he goes to the hospital is when he goes and he saves Mary or whatever. And when they tell um, George that their father will help George, they say, he'll help you in a few weeks. And then when they get in the car, Mary's like, why does Dad have to help, you know, George in a few weeks? And then I think it cuts to the hospital. hospital. So the rev's getting uh, stitched back up. It went through his shoulder. It's the same doctor as always. (laughs) This is the most consistent thing on the show. <laughs> and um, I think what he's saying is, like, try to make it look as good as possible because he's going to try to lie to his wife about this. <laughs> Getting shot. Uh, but then Annie shows up, and she's like, you thought you could hide this from me? Sergeant Michaels told me. And they have, like, a loving moment about, yay, we're alive. And um, uh, at uh, on the out- on in the waiting room area... Um, all the kids are there except for Matt and Mary at this point, and all of their storylines are now resolved. And they're all remorseful. Right. So Ruthie's decided that she's never going to play violent video games or pretend anything ever again. Uh, Lucy realizes that hitting her boyfriend is not a fucking good idea, and Simon um, is like, I think this is my fault, but they're like, it's not your fault. So everybody is... Feeling great. And then Matt and Mary show up, and they're like, how's Dad? And then Dad is right there. And he's hugging everyone, and it's such a great family moment. Yeah, and um, oh. Ma- Mary's wearing a dark green leather jacket. <laughs> um, everything's fantastic, and we go fast, fast forward a week later, um, and they're at 
court uh, where Johnny is getting sentenced. And uh, basically they say that they look at his juvenile record and the fact that he's not remorseful whatsoever. And he gets sent to the state youth authority until he's 25, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. First of all, the state usually is, like, eager to get people out because they're, like, we got too many people in the system. So, like, 21, I said, is, like, usually the ceiling. Um, But he's going to be there until he's 25. He's upset. He's crying. Uh, Now he's showing some sort of remorse. He just uh, wants to go home. And his parents come up to the Rev and Annie, or just the Rev. This is the first time we see his mother, who does not have any lines. Just another woman without a voice on Seventh Heaven. No, seriously. Just another woman without... Yes, you, you said it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the father apologized to the Rev. He like, I should have listened to you, which... Which, again, is, like, another false, like, another thing that happens on the show all the time. You know, the Rev got involved, something bad happened, and now, like, oh, now the family is like, oh, you were right all along. Nobody does this. Um, but that's really the end of the episode. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 4.5... It was, or maybe a five. I'm going to give it a five. Wow, you read my mind. It was was action-packed. I was also going to give it a five. I think I'm also going to give it a five. Everybody had, I guess, good and appropriate storylines for, like, what what the deal was, like, because it was all just, like, support to Simon. Right, and I think every, like, every single, um, like, violent thing was dealt with in an appropriate way. I mean... Except for, like, Lucy, I guess. No, well, I mean, but she realized what she did was wrong. Yeah. She, she's, like... Probably for the wrong reasons, Right, though. for the wrong reasons, but she still realized what she did was wrong. Um, you know, even George got some help, even though we didn't realize what... Or is going to get some help, even though we don't realize what his problem is. Um, but that's good. And Dina is free to live a happy <laughs> life. life with... Get married to Simon, yep. uh, obviously. We, I like Dina, so... I'm, glad, I'm excited see, to see more yeah, of her. only two episodes in. And you... This is the first time I've, like, actively liked a character like this. Actually, no, I liked um, Wilson, so. Oh, and, I mean, you like Matt. I do. I did not like him in this episode, but I do like him generally. Yeah. Um, when, you when know he, why When I he does like that him? protective thing, it really does bother me. I don't know if that's why you're saying it, like, the Big Brother protective stuff. Like, no, I like the Big Brother pro- protective stuff, but I think sometimes the way that he does it is not... Like, it comes off as angry and not protective. Like, the way that he... He comes off as, like, their father instead yes, of, like... Yes, the, Like, yeah. Like, they're... Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and do you have a best Camden for this episode? Uh, I guess Simon. Yeah, Simon's mine, too. Yeah, I would... I want to go with Dina again, but... <laughs> <laughs> She's not a Camden yet. <laughs> I know, not yet. But, uh, yeah, so Simon, I would say. Um, so that is it for our fifth, the 51st episode yes. of Camden Cast. Johnny, get your gun. Um, for all your original 7th Heaven uh, podcast content. Subscribe to us on iTunes, iTunes and rate, review, well, subscribe, as you said. Uh, and then all of our social media stuff. Uh, at Camden Cast Show on Twitter and Instagram. And just Camden Cast on 7th on Heaven on Facebook. Okay. I'm Tandy. And I'm Eric. And this was Camden Cast. <laughs> <laughs>